Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about it. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louis. Kate, climbed any mountains lately? <laughs> oh, isn't parenting just one metaphorical mountain <laughs> after the other, Mary? <laughs> Hi, well, by the way. So many uh, metaphorical mountains uh, being climbed, but yeah, I, I reckon it's 10 years since I climbed an actual mountain. So yeah, why why is this the go-to metaphor? I think, I feel like we should just say, like if we're trying to talk about something, you know, I'm climbing a mountain and want an equivalent, it's like I'm getting the kids out the door on a Thursday morning and yeah. <laughs> Like, surely there's, surely there's something more relatable in life than actually scaling a mountain. Obviously, if you haven't caught on yet, we're talking about Mount Mum and Dad today. Um, <laughs> I actually went down um, a history of mountaineering rabbit hole with this one, Mare. So apparently, like, up until about the 1800s, like, mountains were only viewed as, like, sacred places or places that you went to perform religious ceremonies. Um, and then it was kind of um, commercialised, if you like. It became sort of the <laughs> okay. in vogue thing to do. Um, through the 1700s, people started to um, scale mainly mountains in Europe, according to, you know, I'm sure people were scaling mountains for many hundreds of thousands of years before that. But um, the documented ones that we know about uh, were the Alpine explorers through um particularly around Switzerland and then, um, yeah, moved on uh, the continents. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so moved through to America and Africa and then finally Asia with the Himalayas being one of the last peaks to be conquered by uh, Western man. So, yeah, it's quite interesting to read about. A lot of people died basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a grim history. I'm very glad to report that in this episode it's much um, much friendlier. There, there's a couple of accidents and incidents along the way, but um, seems like Bluey and Bingo have uh, benefited from the years of honing mountaineering skills across uh, the world. Hey, Bingo, let's make it that Mum and Dad are a mountain. Yeah, Mount Mum and Dad. <laughs> On another note, Mary, have you ever been to, in inverted commas, crazy world with your children? <laughs> I feel like any theme park could be called Crazy World, couldn't it? Like, I uh, feel like every theme park should be renamed Crazy World. Five minutes to bed, kids. And five years till the next trip to Crazy World. So I know that somewhere in my not-too-distant future, many Crazy Worlds will be lining up towards my horizon and I will have to face all of them. But, yeah, it's not something I've done up until now. Well, Do we really least, have to? Yeah, at least theme parks aren't that Bandit and Chile are not selling it. Yeah, I mean, um, the only theme parks we've been to in Australia are the, the ones on the Gold Coast. So the Gold Coast in Queensland has um, like a Warner Brothers movie world, a, a wet and wild theme park, which is basically just awesome water slides and – um, oh, what's the other one that's up that way? SeaWorld. So, um, yeah, there's like. And, and DreamWorld as well. DreamWorld as well. Sea, I think SeaWorld is more animal focused, whereas, yeah, there's a lot more kind of rides and stuff going on at the other three. Um, DreamWorld, 
is has an ABC Kids exhibit. Did you go to that? No, we haven't been. I've never been to Dreamworld, um, which, you know, when I was a child growing up, you know, you used to see all the awesome ads with the, the white tigers and stuff that were, were there. So, um, yeah, um, but no, haven't been to Dreamworld and definitely haven't taken the kids. I did hear a rumour that there was like a Peppa Pig sort of sectioned and yeah, thought about well, it for the, a few the, seconds. The rumours are swirling. Forget about white tigers, that there might be some blue and orange dogs around the <gasps> corner for Dreamworld um, oh in God, that ABC totally Kids go. exhibit. That might change our minds about the, the charm of crazy world. But uh, I don't know. I can just totally feel how Bandit and Chili get home in this one. Like they look like exactly how I feel about crazy worlds and all their variations <laughs> kids covered in merch and like they were still clearly on a second wind uh, following a, a big day <sighs> cut us down kids yeah chop 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 timber oh. <laughs> i love that game chop chop us down kids i mean that isn't that genius. smart because i reckon i've gotten home so many times where just collapsing on the couch has to happen. And, yeah, if if it's a game rather than um, just doing it, you're more less likely to get the, the usual cries of, Mom, Dad, get up, we want to play. So, um, so, yeah, props to whichever parent invented that. Um, yeah. I've, yeah, it hasn't been instigated in our house yet, but I think it's around the corner. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would quite like to work out how we can make this happen in our house, but we'd probably have arguments over who gets chopped down first. <laughs> yes, true. Um, um, and uh, I think it's such a, um, a red herring to, like, five minutes to bed, kids. They're clearly there for more than five minutes. Like, you know, well, does anyone who sit on the couch <laughs> and flop in exhaustion actually get up after five minutes? Like, I, I don't know about you, Meb, but... For me, it's like, yeah, you can watch iPad for a little bit. Yeah, five minutes and five minutes quite often stretches into 15 because you're so tired you can't move. Well, it's five minutes, but once the game does start and, you know, Bandit has set the prerequisite. As long as it's one where I don't have to move any part of my body or say anything with my mouth. Once the girls are proceeding up the mountain, I do notice his, as well as providing the kind of mountainous earthquakes um there's a storm later on where he even lifts a finger to flick the lamp on and off so yeah yeah, perhaps it would have been closer to five minutes if um bandit and chili hadn't become so invested in the game even from their (laughs) near dead state which unsurprising for those guys really I think uh, the quote, you know, so long as it's one where I don't have to move any part of my body or say anything with my mouth. I think that's up there with <laughs> like the magic claw quote for me and Poffages uh, in terms yeah. of memorability. Like, you know, his days are free and easy. It's like, yeah, oh, that quote so is right up there for me. This is hard. Your backpack's too heavy. That's why. But it's got all my climbing stuff. I was really glad we did this one so soon after Butterflies and um, chatting to Pete Wells, who pointed out that how often episodes really play with perception and that the backyard gets a lot bigger when the parents aren't in it. Similar to Mm -hmm. this, um, once 
Bluey and Bingo are climbing Mount Mum and Dad, um, there's a very early shot where Bingo is about the size of Mum's snout. So Mum and Dad have just grown in humongous in proportion to the kids who want to climb them. So, yeah, I think this is probably the best example of how they play with perception. Perspective? Yeah, perspective even. (laughs) Inception, inception even. Oh, there's so much going on. Uh, Yeah, perspective is what I mean. Uh, When I was talking about it with age, he was like, it's like on Ren and Stimpy and I've never seen Ren and Stimpy. I can't think of a good example of a kid's show that does it, but I know a lot of them do. I can't think of anything offhand either, except maybe like um, uh, Rugrats, like when they used to show from the perspective of the kids on the floor and everything sort of looked warped and huge, including the adults. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and sort of the adults would be talking almost like they were underwater because they couldn't really understand what they were saying. That's the only other thing I can think of kids show wise that really plays to that concept I guess um there's probably many more I'm looking forward to our diligent readers getting in touch speaking of readers (laughs) getting in touch Mare I want to talk about the music in this episode (laughs) and a huge shout out to listener Wade who um now Wade is a very interesting guy Mare because Wade um studied music uh, at university with Joff Bush and oh, wow. Megan Washington as well. So okay. this, this ah, is how Calypso's so clearly connection. come into the bluey fold. Yeah, yeah so, right. I know. Joff is a man not only with the music moves but with the networks. <laughs> um, and Wade was explaining that quite a few of the people he went to uni with uh, now help with music for Bluey, which is so lovely, um, you know, from one uni friend to another, you and me. Uh, it's nice to see that other people, you know, make these lifelong friendships from the people they go to to class with. But Wade um, has sent us so many cool notes uh, for episodes we haven't covered yet in Bluey and we'll definitely be uh, shouting out to Wade in many episodes to come. But one (laughs) thing that Wade really got me thinking about because he was talking a lot about the music in teasing uh, in his first email to us and how the music does something called hits, uh, which is where the music in the um, cartoon matches the action that we see on the screen. Um, Now, I've done a little bit more research on this by going to film students and filmmusic.com or something like that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And apparently this technique is also called Mickey Mousing because you quite often see it in cartoons, but they adjust uh, whatever's happening in the music to sort of um, dictate the mood of the piece, basically. So um, whatever, you know, if the music's fast and frantic, you as a, um, a viewer are given subtle cues that, you know, things are going a bit crazy if um, things all look happy on the screen but the music's sort of low and um, sad underneath with a minor key, then you kind of know that things are a bit ominous. In um, Mount Mum and Dad, it's quite interesting that we start with like oompa music, you know, the Bavarian uh, sort of yeah, accordion. Like- 
um, very traditional. I, I guess that is, you know, the the traditional home of mountain climbing, maybe. Yeah, like, I guess it was I was Alps, sort of yes. truly and picturing like little, you know, Heidi Platts and hats and things like that. Yeah, Heidi um, Platts and um, Lederhosen and, uh, yeah. you know, little um, Robin Hood-esque style hats with feathers yes. in the side, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, they wore a lot of like starched white T-shirts for people that lived in mountains, I always felt. Anyway, that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so when they go through with the music through um, the episode, it really does change throughout. So... For example, when Bluey slips inadvertently while um, climbing up Dad. Ooh, this is going to be a bit tricky. Ah! Yeah! Oh, help! I'm slipping! I'm Hold on! Help me go! I'm coming! Don't worry. I got some rope in my backpack. Yeah. Grab on! There's this really cool, like, cascading sort of arpeggios which going down the musical scale so the music if you like is falling at the same time that Bluey's falling uh, so it's really matching the story there and then when Bingo comes to the rescue I go you Bluey! The music morphs from sort of an umpa music to like having lots of brass, which traditionally is sort of associated with like hero sort of entrances. Um, yeah. And she comes to the rescue and pulls Bluey up with a tie, um, you know, and then sort of when Bluey returns to her bad behaviour, it goes back to that umpa music again, getting faster and more frantic as Bluey's behaviour gets more and more sort of, out of line. I just thought it was very um, sophisticated how they've really tried to um, match, yeah, the action, but very subtly to the music, you know, like it's something that you have to pay attention to. I think I really only like when I was sort of like after reading Wade's email thought, oh, yeah, I should really like focus in on the music and see exactly yeah. what's going on here. Well, um, it is quite different to a lot of other episodes. And to me, it had a real sort of old Hollywood score kind of a vibe. Um, and I think that's sort of brought home at the end as well when Chili comes in with her voice of God narration. You do not climb Mount Mum and Dad by trying to race ahead on your own or by competing with your comrades. You do it slowly and carefully by unselfish teamwork. Yes, <laughs> which of course Chile is God, so you know that that <laughs> worked pretty well for me. But um, to give her take on how how to climb Mount Mum and Dad, but yeah, all throughout the music just lifts and lifts. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, and, um, and it, it was... morphs into that French horns, adding the violins. Yeah, it really has that regality, I guess, as the, the girls work together to, to scale Mount Bandit. <laughs> yeah. And also they, they play it beautifully because they cut the music for the punchline. So um, it really just lets the joke breathe on its own and some like that almost has more effect by cutting the music so dramatically and um, – 
as uh, Liz Gaffray, uh, who we inter- you interviewed a few weeks ago, she was sort of talking about that diagenic versus non-diagenic music. And this mm-hmm. is like because they weren't hearing the music, you know, and then it cuts to almost back to reality and um, planting that flag right in the middle of uh, Bandit's head. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, We've said that we're not frequent mountain climbers, but um, but on the on the off chance you were going to be climbing a mountain, would you take the bluey or bingo approach? Are you overpacking or just trying to sprint up it and get it over and done with? Oh no, I think I'm a bingo. All pack. Where's I go? Wait, I forgot the music box. Bingo. Hang on, are we talking be... about for me or are we talking with kids? Because if I'm going with <laughs> kids, everything is coming. If it's just me, I can literally like have a change of underwear and I'm good. <laughs> so Yeah. What are oh, you, Mary? Man. I, I am not looking forward to the day. <laughs> sort of approaches going on here. There are, and it's so cute how Bing, um, Bluey then tells the story of the tortoise and hare in the tent later on as well. Um, but yeah, I think I probably wouldn't have packed as much as Bingo. It feels like her efforts to bring everything she could possibly need is a real pushback against the Marie Kondos of this world. Like she is not a minimalist. <laughs> and um, and given everyone's on Team Bingo, perhaps we'll finally put minimalism to bed if we can if we can all just take a leaf out of Bingo's book. Um, Would you put underwear but, on your head, though? I mean, at least everything's, like, at least multi-purpose, really, isn't it? So, <laughs> that's true. Oh, I like your tent, Bingo. Thanks. Oh, you need this. Ooh, that's better. Nice and toasty. We can play London Snap till the storm passes. Yeah, that that's my problem with packing. We've just been camping for the first time ever with the kids and oh, it was very much an approach. It was great. Um, but yeah, we, we overpacked to the hilt and we were staying in a caravan park with like a Coles and a Woolies five minutes down the road. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely took way too much. So that's kind of on our cliff notes for next time that <laughs> really we just need the tent <laughs> and we can go out for breakfast every day if we don't take food. There is something um, about going away, though, isn't there, that um, I don't know, I always just go into this weird zone where I forget that you can buy things, like, somewhere else. And, you know, you're trying to pack from every available scenario. Black cab, Trafalgar, furry hat guy, Buckingham Palace, Buckingham Palace. I think um, Bingo's in your category. She really didn't need the viewfinder. Very nice, like, early 90s reference, though, which I really appreciated. Did you have a viewfinder in the in the 90s? Yes, definitely. They were um, the best. I, I'm thinking, like, Disney scenes. They could almost make a bluey uh, viewfinder, but yeah. I don't know if kids these days. I guess if Bingo's into it, everyone's into it. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had one. I, what did I have? I had like Muppets and all sorts okay. of Disney things. Yeah, they were awesome. I think we've talked before about toys that have losable bits. And, yeah, I feel like <laughs> that those paper rounds that go in the viewfinder were, were a high-risk kind of uh, thing in our house. Yeah, I don't think Bingo had one in her viewfinder when she was up there. Yeah, so, you know, did. maybe that's a, 
a relic from when Bandit used to be cool. And, um, yeah, that's just gone long, long ago. Interesting packing technique, I thought, too, from Bingo. There was a, there was a heavy emphasis on um, accessory garments, shall we say, with socks yeah. and ties and things. So, um, well, is there yeah. anything but accessory garments in and underpants, obviously, in the healer <laughs> or bluey verse? Because, um, yeah, we're we're still we're getting close to the end of season one with our recaps, and I'm putting it on the table. I still haven't worked out what Bandit is doing in the laundry every <laughs> other day. So I think perhaps Bingo only had accessories to choose from. Run away, Bingo! Bingo, what are you doing? Mare, on a scale of <laughs> one to ten, how much do you like this episode? Well, look, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. Um, oh, please be. <laughs> in, in our rush to get onto these final episodes of season one that we hadn't recapped before the very exciting season two drops, I think I said to you, look, let's just get one out of the way on Skype and, you know, let's just do a rubbish one. Let's do Mount Mum and Dad, which I didn't mean. And once I watched it, I kind of wanted to take it back. But, but yeah, it's down my pile, definitely. Yeah, to be honest, it's like, yeah, out of all, what, what have we had now, 52 episodes? It would be <laughs> below the top 40 for me. Easily. But the message is so lovely. I, no, I guess, actually, um, you know what? I don't like the message. I feel like this is like a very overt preachy kind of message and like, you know, as much as Chili is everything in Voice of the Mountain, yeah, I'm not buying what she's selling in this one. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you do it slowly and carefully really? together. Seriously, which toddlers have ever paid attention to that? <laughs> so, yeah, it was it definitely felt like it was a, a very omnipotent sort of, I don't know, I didn't like it. I wasn't a fan. <laughs> Look, I, I am all for cooperation and yes. I love the fact that – um. She's trying to instill the kids calling each other comrade. <laughs> but yeah. beyond that, yeah, it was it was not subtle, was it? Um, no. And I when we like interviewed Joe Brum, he said, you know, it, the episodes that are a bit preachy are the ones that haven't done as well. And I wonder if Mount Mum and Dad is in that list for him. Yeah, I, I just feel like all subtlety that had perhaps been building in that episode really went out the window in that moment where Chili sort of sits up and lost me. But <laughs> so much, like, there's still lots to really enjoy about this episode. So, you know, I'm glad we're covering it, though. <laughs> yeah, well, we were never going to leave it behind. Uh, much like Bluey was probably never going to leave Bingo behind. Or at I least Bingo would have if, if Dad had let her. Um, <laughs> great little sort of uh, detour by Bandit to, like, you know, obviously he's listening to what's going on and realising that Bluey's going a bit um, uh, rogue on the mountain. No, I there um oh i did want to say the lounge room had a makeover i don't think i've ever seen that family portrait before that you see early on in this episode yeah and um i hadn't seen that uh, picture of the alps before or yeah. um, whatever mountain <laughs> yeah. range that, that was, was convenient that they just got that installed um yeah, i wondered if it was a photo or if it was like 
you know, in the 60s and 70s that they'd make like photo real wallpaper. Like I hope that Chile's just gone to town and decided, right, we're getting feature walls put in and we'll see that other rooms have like full-size waterfall wallpaper. I'm sorry I cheated, Bingo. That's okay. I'm a cheeky rabbit sometimes. (laughs) I think I'm more like the slow tortoise. Okay, I think we have climbed a mountain. It has been a little bit of a mountain, and you know, um, yeah. Thanks for being on the journey with me, Mary. I would never leave you behind, <laughs> and neither of us would ever leave the viewfinder behind. So <laughs> I think we're in good company. Um, until it, it won't be next week; it'll be even sooner because we are pushing these episodes out like some kind of maniacs. Um, but. It's almost Super like soon. there's an imminent arrival in May that we're trying to get ahead of. <laughs> <laughs> so many imminent arrivals. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, find us on all the socials and you can try and get your head around all the imminent arrivals and our huge <laughs> levels of excitement. Um, you can search on... Gotta Be Done, the Bluey podcast, or um, I think on Instagram we're at Bluey Pod, same as Facebook, and on Twitter we are at Bluey Podcast. And then uh, you can send us an email uh, like lovely Wade did. I'm loving that people are talking about blue with this totally non-ironically. It's great. <laughs> um, so you can email us too, just like Wade did at blueypod at gmail.com. We will talk to you so soon. Um, it's been lovely talking to you, Kate. But in the meantime, it's got to be done. Bye. I'm going the right way. Oh, bingo. Ooh, this is a nice view. Ew, this bit of the mountain stinks.